Hello, and welcome to another edition of today's Conversations on Leadership, powered by Life University. I'm Dr. Gilles Lamarche, your host, and I'm thrilled to have a phenomenal lady as our guest today. She is a 1989 graduate of Life Chiropractic College. She grew up in a chiropractic family and quickly understood how crucial the philosophy of chiropractic truly is. And she knew in that moment that she just had to marry a chiropractor. So on her second day at Life Chiropractic College at the time, I was gonna say Life University, but at Life Chiropractic College at the time, she met this amazing man, Kevin Jackson, and they married on July 2nd, 1988. They have two stunning daughters that I've had the opportunity to meet and greet and hug uh, on several occasions, Kina and Chloe, and a son-in-law, Austin, and a beautiful little grandson, Hayden James Schaefer. Selena and Kevin have been practicing together since October of 1991 in York, Pennsylvania. And again, I've had the privilege, honor, and pleasure to visit them in their office and see them in action. Uh, wanting to enjoy being a great wife, a mother, and a high-volume chiropractor, Selena realized the importance of expressing the chiropractic philosophy efficiently and passionately, and passionate she is. She believes that people may not always remember what you said, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Her goal after sharing her 12 to 14 minute new patient orientation is to leave the patient saying, Selena is one of 14 founders of the League of Chiropractic Women and is on the executive board as secretary treasurer. She's also been the secretary treasurer and vice president of the International Chiropractors Association. And in April 2021, she was elected board chair of the ICA, the first woman to ever hold this position. It's my great honor and pleasure to welcome to today's Conversational Leadership, Dr. Selena Sigafus jackson Welcome, Selena. Hi, good morning. Hi. So happy to have you with us. I know that uh, you've held multiple leadership roles in your life, from uh, wife to mother to doctor to serving on, on multiple boards. Um, so my first question to you, as it relates to becoming a leader, can you name a person who had like a tremendous impact on you as a leader? Maybe someone who was a mentor and why this person had an impact on you? Or these people had an impact on you? Yeah, I think that's the better word, people. Um, I haven't, you know, in my, um, in my role in chiropractic, of course, I would have to say that my dad was a great mentor. Dr. Sid and Dr. Nell, phenomenal mentors. So in, in, in the world of chiropractic and practice and school and just growing up in chiropractic, uh, phenomenal phenomenal mentors in my life, like huge, huge people, but yet understanding that they were human beings and they were touchable and they were approachable. Um, I love the story of when Kevin and I were practicing in Florida after we graduated, um, Dr. Sid and Nell heard that we wanted to leave and move to Pennsylvania. And um, so they took me to lunch in St. Simon or um, on a St. Norman circle at the Cuban restaurant. They loved that. And they, they made the, it, we just had a wonderful afternoon. And then Dr. Sid made the comment. And I, I believe that he felt innately that us moving to Pennsylvania was the right thing. And he used that example that two people working together are like, the force behind a, the, the engine of a train where those two people 
merge together and become more powerful. And they really encouraged us to make that move. And, and in my, in my leadership roles, I, I will have to say that fantastic mentors through the international chiropractors association. And, you know, that's a big organization where it's been a lot of men and, and, I won't say that I had to force myself or break myself in. These men have brought me in from Mike McLean and Ron Oberstein in the beginning that brought me into the leadership role. Um, they never saw me as, um, uh, they, they just, I won't say that they saw me as an equal because they knew I was fresh. I was still wet behind the ears, but they never took advantage in any way. And George Curry has been a phenomenal um, role model as far as my ability to just keep pushing me forward. I wanted to pull back and he kept pushing me forward. And and, um, our past president, Dr. Steve Welsh, has been a great mentor in just watching how he ran a business type organization. So I've had a lot of great examples. And as you can hear, they're pretty much all men besides Dr. Nell. And, and so we are in a, a, a newbie kind of arena where we are having more and more women stepping into the roles and taking the roles. So it's kind of a new sensation. You know, how does that, that feel? It, 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 I, I, it feels good. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to break that precious egg that you're carrying. So, um, but I know it has to be done differently and I'm, I'm ready, willing to do it differently. Uh, you know, I don't know if you knew, but just in this past six months, there's been five or six women in our profession that have taken leadership roles from, from, from Michelle Mayers with the ACA and Carol Winkler with the FCLB and, Lisa Olszewski with the Michigan Association of Chiropractors. So just in a short period of time, a lot of women have stepped up. So I can't say that, is that women? Or is that that the universe is is now ready and pulling us in? I would think personally that um, we've been ready for a long time. I know that in the, the seminar world, I've been ready for great women to show up. And I think that because of your multiple roles, and all of those of you who, who are moms who take your mother role probably as your most important and serious role mm-hmm. have had to take time to raise your children to be able to now make yourself available to sit in these positions. Because certainly when we look at chiropractic institutions, certainly here at Life University, um, slightly more than um, at 50 or sometimes slightly more than 50% of students in the chiropractic cur- curriculum are female. Yeah. And that is way different than when I graduated 40 plus years ago, where in my class of 150, I think we had 12 women when we started. And so the w- women are, t- are taking, taking their place, and rightly so. And as a man who's been in the profession for many years, welcome and thank you. <laughs> we, we welcome you with loving, open arms. And, you know, all the gentlemen that you did mention that have mentored you along the way, they never saw you as just a woman. They saw you as a powerful individual with gifts and talents and they were willing to support you is how I, I mean, I know each man that you you mentioned and uh, certainly we, like I said, we welcome you with open arms. Believe me, we're glad to have you as the president of the International (laughs) Chiropractic Association or the chairperson rather. 
Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that 50% of the women in, in matriculation to chiropractic schools, that 50% are women. It, it's um, an interesting dynamic that I think about. I'm, I'm incredibly happy about that. And I think it's because women are so nurturing and they just attra are attracted to chiropractic. And, and, you know, in this area, we don't see the impossibilities. We see the possibilities and that women know that they can can do it all. Um, but I will say that because just from the nature of nature, you know, a woman is limited in that at some point they do need to birth babies. And at some point they do need to nurse their babies and they do need to build a family. And I, I, I know that, you know, in my own practice, my husband, Kevin is the driver in the practice as far as the ability to keep going every day. And so I, I wonder how the future will look with women in practice and how are they going to be able to do, I was blessed to be able to take some time. Um, I never took time out of the office ever, ever, ever. I just changed my hours so I could be all mom or all chiropractor and um, how that's going to look. And I can only imagine that we're going to see multiple women in practices helping one another in the future, as opposed to a single practitioner. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how this unfolds in the future as more women move out of the school setting and into the practice setting. I don't know what the answer is. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. And you know what, I, and I'm glad that you're taking that position and, you know, you'll be available to mentor young women as they graduate, because certainly we've seen that in other healthcare professions where multiple women get together to run a practice. We've seen that in the legal profession um, and it's the reality of the world, right? I mean, men don't birth babies and men don't nurse babies, but moms or women who decide to have a family, then there's certain responsibilities that come with that. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you, yeah. you know, you certainly have processed it well and you're certainly a great example of possibility uh, for young women. And I, and I know that you make yourself available and probably in the future will make yourself even more available yeah. to uh, yeah. mentor young women uh, as they look to mentors like yourself that are so accomplished both personally and professionally. So thanks for sharing that insight. Um, another question is, what are the most important decisions that you make as a leader of your organization? And I'd like to break that up maybe in three spaces. The leader of the organization we call the Sigafoos Jackson family, the leader of the organization we call the Sigafoos Jackson Chiropractic Practice, and now as chairwoman of the International Chiropractic Association. So I think one of like as the family is concerned, it, it's uh, that's um, you know I guess ha ha how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so I, I, I like order. I like cleanliness. Um, but I have, you know, I have my way and then I, there's the family way and, and compromise is big. Um, my family might not always think that I'm a good compromiser, but if they only knew what was going on behind here, compromise is huge. Sometimes you have to go to bed with a, a, a dirty kitchen. Like there's just not enough time in the day. So understanding I have to compromise that, you know, I may not wake up to a clean kitchen. I may not wake up to a clean house. So I compromise on that. You know, the kids long time ago, I let the kids go as far as what, how to take care of that home. So compromise without, um, 
without compromising the important things, compromising on the small things. As far as in the practice, I also learned really early on that there had to be a level of hierarchy and I can't be at the top ring. And, and I had to, I had to, and a lot of women don't like this word, but I had to be a little subservient to Kevin when I needed to be. When I knew what I knew what I knew, I took that helm and I made the decision of what I was going to do in the office. But in other things, I had to be subservient. And that was a matter of not just survival, but of skill. Kevin has the skill to get out there and see and keep moving and keep adjusting and keep adjusting. I have the skill of loving and hugging and stopping in the middle of things and going into the waiting area and just having a a fitful laughter conversation with patients and getting on the floor and kissing the babies. So knowing when to hold them and knowing when to fold them. Um, if you don't like that word subservient, think of another word, but it just, at some point you, you are a human being. As far as in the chiropractic world, whether it's LCW or ICA, I'm a firm believer of saying yes, always saying yes can always back up and say no once you've said yes or figure it out from there. But if you say no, the door shuts. If you say yes, the door stays open. And when that door is open, then you can come inside and you can say, all right, I can do this, 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 and then, then, then. But if you say no, that opportunity might not come back. And so the decisions that I made when I was asked to just join the leadership of ICA, I was scared. You know, we had just begun the LCW. My father had just had a, a, a heart event and I thought, I can't do this. But then I realized I have to do this because will the opportunity come again? And so I said, yes. And I figured it out. And here I am eight years later, still saying yes. I, I know that personally, um, my brain always goes, how do I get to Yes. So when someone asks me something and I'm not really sure, that's really what starts to germinate in my head was, how do I get to yes? How is this, how can we make this possible? You know, when it makes sense, of, of course, right? So I, I agree with you that uh, being willing to step in, often I tell students, you know how life really starts moving forward for you? You just show up. I'm you right. just show up and you say yes. Uh, great, right. great thought process on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are what is one or maybe a couple of different characteristics that you believe are absolutely necessary for an individual to become a great leader? Well, to become a great leader as well as be a great leader, I think the number one attribute is to shut up and listen. Ooh. To just listen. So you learn by listening, right? You sit back as you're learning to become a leader. You listen and you watch and you observe and you make no judgments and you make no actions. You just watch and listen. Once you're at that leadership role, it is really important to listen to what other people around you think and how, you know, I, I believe it's okay to change your mind. 
you listen, you got the information, you made a decision and now, okay, we tried this out for a little bit. You know, we're seeing that right now in the international, the ICA, where we altered our governance pretty significantly. And we have always said through this, let's ride this out for a while. Let's, let's get on this train and just ride it for a bit. And if we need to alter it, we'll alter it. I think it's very healthy to say, okay, we did that and this worked and this didn't work. And we have to be willing to to change our mind or, or navigate a different way. You know, it's done every single day, but we don't see it. We think, oh, that was the original plan. I guarantee organizations change their mind all the time. And, and we look back and say, oh, wow, wasn't that a great idea? No, they just changed their mind and it's okay to do it. Um, and I also think that it is massively important to be humble. You know, to say I'm sorry, to admit a mistake, be very humble and apologetic. And and it, and some people are apologetic to a fault, and then other people are unapologetic to a fault. And if I have to choose one side, if I'm going to fault, I'd rather be apologetic to a fault because you know it 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 allows a conversation to open up again where you can listen and see where did I not hear that correctly and where can I change and navigate and alter and forgive? You know, scripture says that we always, we need to ask for forgiveness, but we always need to be thankful. And that's part of humbleness is being thankful. And I think it's crucial. And we forget that sometimes to just say, thank you. You know, now more than ever post I'm in the post-COVID world. I don't care if we're still COVID. I'm post-COVID. And when you go to restaurants and you have servers that spent probably a good part of the year not being able to work, and now they're back to work and they're a little frantic, you know, life is busy. As we saw this past weekend on the Jersey Shore, all those restaurants were packed. I just felt it crucial to tell everybody, thank you. Some of them didn't deserve it, but I got to sit in that seat and be served and have a wonderful meal and be amongst my friends. And those servers were there because the other thing is, is not they're having a hard time getting people to show up to work. So the people that are around us and they're choosing to show up to work, I just want to be thankful. We've been thankful to our staff the whole time as they've worked all through COVID and not one person stepped away because they were afraid. We just need to be more grateful for those people that are around us, be humble and listen to them. It's crucial. And you know, um, those are not just words that you're saying because I obviously have known you for a number of years and I've observed how you and your beautiful husband, Kevin, behave uh, with people. And everything you said is who Selena is. <laughs> and it is great insight Certainly, you know, I come from this space of gratitude, and I'm grateful that you took the time to be with us this morning. And uh, just a quick, well, a quick story, actually. I ended up leaving the Jersey Shores at 3 a.m. on Sunday morning to drop someone off the airport and then to catch a flight myself. And because I was on an 8 a.m. flight and I was at the airport much earlier, uh, I went to the Delta desk and I asked if it was possible, you know, if, was there an earlier flight and could she find me a seat? The lady was, I mean, it was uh, 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m. The lady was so gracious and kind and smiling and fun. And I put my hand, as she helped me through all this, I put my hand in my pocket 
And, you know, I always carry those heart-shaped gratitude stones with me. And I, and I only had one left. I literally had given all the other ones away. I had one left. And I, said, and I looked at her with a big smile. And I said, you want a gratitude stone? She said, yes. As a matter of fact, I, I have a few. I leave them hanging around. I don't have on, one on me right now. But I, I leave them hanging around to remember that I should really be grateful all the time. So I opened my hand. I said, well, I only have one in my pocket today. But I'd love to offer you if you want it. Oh, my gosh. It was like I'd given her the world. Oh, yeah. So the experience that we have, like you were explaining with the servers in the hotels and restaurants at this event that we were both at on the weekend, just to recognize them and say thank you in this particular world means the world to them and for us to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the qualities that you've expressed in this sort of closing session, section of our time together today are so powerful. And I don't know if you saw, I was turning my head, but I was taking notes. And so just to reflect with our audience, a good, a good leader listens. A good leader shows up without judgment. A good leader has to make choices and must be willing to change when necessary. A good leader says, I'm sorry. And they show up with humility and a good leader is always grateful. Um, anything else to add as we uh, wrap this short session up together today? I think I think um, what we're called to do as chiropractors, period. Leaders are not, and I would assume a person gets to leadership by having the quality of being fearless. And fearless doesn't mean that you you um you'll just barge in on any circumstance but but having that trust and faith in in the principles and philosophies that we serve in chiropractic that it's the truth i think we're living in a time where there's so much turmoil and that turmoil comes when when for lack of a better description good versus evil are at a battle and i believe that we as chiropractors are on the good side and that to be fearless, to keep marching forward with your truth and your knowing, sometimes to be a leader is to just show up to life every day, just like you said, just show up. And so do it in a way that you you may have um, confusion on the inside, but on the outside, just be fearless. You're not alone. Um, ask questions. There's plenty of people in your world that are there. You and they don't know that they you want their help unless you ask. Don't be afraid to ask and be fearless in even asking for help or asking questions. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that our listeners will will thrive when they apply the, the wisdom and the knowledge that you shared with them today. So wishing you a fantastic day in practice with your beautiful husband. And I say beautiful because that's how I think of Kevin. He's not just a <laughs> handsome guy. He's just like a beautiful person. He is. He so is. I, I refer to you as beautiful, but I refer to him as beautiful as well. Um, we're very, very honored that you've taken the time to be with us. So much gratitude for you, Dr. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you.